I wish it forbidden fruit was bitter. I wish we all would get banned from Twitter. I wish hip hop didn't rule for killers. I wish police didn't shoot to killers. I wish that I could dance like Thriller. I wish everybody knew my guy the hell up the cancer killer. Wish I could switch act a pepper for lick up, protect some livers. Wish my dogs was safe from pistols they face. Wish our world wasn't programmed to see thug on my face. Wish I knew it'd be better for my kids. They wouldn't grow up with violence. Wish our leaders were qualified to get more than dollar signs. If I have to, we can skip the hassle. Show you what them facts do. They say he a natural, but we need supernatural. We need supernatural. The way he acts, though, it seems so supernatural. I know some churches are filled with villains. Living for them dollar bills, they stealing. I wish you see all the men and women. Really living by what his wills revealing. I wish nobody was tricked in the thick of Jesus is what Republicans be feeling I'm glad he's coming again, revealing the sins, the villain Aye. I wish I'd pray more often, by surviving this cave I'm tossing I know he listening, you can tell by what it costs And if he turns on my mic, and tunes into these sound bites I hope my prayers sound right, my soldier might sound like if I have to, we can skip the asshole Show you what them facts do They said he a natural But we need supernatural We need supernatural The way he acts do It seems so supernatural Natural, natural We need supernatural You can check the facts too We need supernatural Yo, we need supernatural We need supernatural <laughs> Check the math too, bro We need supernatural This is just a continuation of what we did last week. This is not like the main sort of um, bread and butter of what's going on on the, the podcast as far. Um, we are still going to go ahead with the normal schedule that we had laid out. It's just arranging times for us to be able to get together, to be able to have those conversations. Um, but I just wanted to, in the interim, um, just press on a little further with regards to... Um, Last week's conversation, um, discussing that a little bit further about, not necessarily about the traditions. Well, no, I guess it's it's somewhat um, important still, but um, trying out the, the little exercise um, I discussed last week, where um, we're going to look into some random. Um, either church services or different um, sermons and things like that and see how um, discernment can work in a very practical sense. Um, for this one, uh, it's very much a wild card for me. I don't know these guys very well. Um, there's a chance you might know them better than I do. Um, it's a church uh, called I think it's called Revival Culture now, um, run by um, um, husband and wife, Jonathan and Amanda, I believe her name is, uh, Ferguson. Um, they have, this one's a fair bit old as of this point now. Um, this is actually their 
service or conference, um, I think from last year, April, called Returning to His Presence. Um, I will leave a link in the description for the whole thing um, if you want to certainly have a look at it um, and we'll, we'll see how we get on as we go through. I can, it might be hopefully very beneficial, it might be to be really problematic. Um, again, we might be, it, it, when approaching this thing, it's certainly not like looking at um, trying to go down the road of character deformation or um, heavily critiquing like, the methodology that the church uses and things like that. It's just more focusing on how you as a Christian um, can discern and test things as you go through um, almost like showing how you can practically use these steps within your own uh, Christian walk, uh, within your own church, um, on how they divide the word of God correctly and things like that. Um, I have a, had a quick scrub through um, at least the first portion of the, um, the service. Um, it has about an hour and 20 minutes worth of um, worship to kick everything off. And you will see some names that, well, the only name I saw and the only person I saw on there that I knew was um, Fred Hammond. Um, so I find it, find it quite interesting to see him on there. Um, and I guess, again, not really going into the methodology of um, how things are done. Um, I guess it might be something to discuss at the end. If you want to look through the bits I saw, um, kind of, um, might need a discussion towards the end. Um, not like something lengthy, but just something to, like an observation that I've come across, um, or that was brought to light to me recently. Um, but the main focus at the moment is just sitting into their service and um, seeing what we can learn through this particular service is, um, is there anything that we can pick out that is helpful or unhelpful or critical? Um, should make for interesting listening. Um, and I'm trying. I'm going to try to be as impartial as I can. Um, but um, I can already sort of feel that it's going to be challenging um, because. As I dug in to find a little bit more about um, this this couple, um, Jonathan himself calls him. Uh, so if I go onto the homepage revivalculturenow.com, um, Yeah, we're here to model the love, the leadership, and the impact of the power and the power of the original church in today's world, as seen in the book of Acts. Um, you know, just scroll down a little bit. Um, it says more about Apostle Jonathan and Prophet Amanda. Now, uh, again, I say that I'm trying to be as impartial as possible, but this. Uh, already kind of, I can feel myself leaning a particular way because obviously we discussed in the past. 
Um, I don't know these guys, and I don't think there's any way I'll be able to really hold a conversation with them. Um, they might be on Instagram and places like that. It might be worth looking into, depending on if it's um, fruitful or not. But uh, there are no new apostles today. Um, I thought that only Bethel really um, was the most significant um, church to kind of hold on to this in the way that they've um, kind of like marred that with how they were interpreting scripture. Um, that comes across as a little problematic from the get-go because um, that, uh, that office is closed. The Bible is quite clear in the fact that the foundation of the church is built on the prophets and the 12 apostles, well, 13 apostles if you include, um, if you include Paul. Um, but he is regarded as one of the twelve because there's only twelve pillars. There are no, there yeah, there are no new epistles today. So I don't know how they Hayes arrived at calling himself that, and um, his wife calls herself um, a prophet or a prophetess. Um, that is debatable as to whether that's also uh, an office that. Um, is no longer in no longer in operation um and i said that in the sense that there's an understanding um there's two types of prophecies so you'll have the prophecy um of forth telling so that'll be if i open up the word and i profess something from the word of god i am forth telling so i'm proclaiming what scripture is saying and then you've got foretelling where um, you see that in the uh, prophets that God had raised up um, to, in the historic human timeline of um, Israel. Um, I'm assuming she's probably taking the leaning of um, the foretelling, so she has this gift that, you know, God uniquely is giving her um, to be visions or words or descriptions and messages for those who are in the congregation. Um, yeah, I won't get into too much about that now. Um, maybe towards the end, we'll see how we get on. Um, but I figured what we'll do is we'll, we'll start with the sermon. Um, so this on the, on the actual video, I've got it down as under timestamp of one hour, 18 minutes and 37 seconds. Um, we can just roll it on from there and we'll see how we get on. Um, there we go. So, uh, yeah, as I said, we are just going to roll this on from this timestamp here and we'll see how we get on. I know they want to. They want to speak. The presence of the Lord is here. I do apologize from the get-go. I think the audio is a bit difficult to hear um, from Jonathan on this side, because I think he's using a mic that's not um, wired through to be heard correctly on this side. But hopefully you can hear enough of what he's saying. He's just got his daughters on stage, I believe, next to his wife on the right. Um, Yes, you might find it a bit difficult to hear, but I think the 
I guess if we were in the congregation, it would be fine to hear, but at this moment in time, it would be a bit of a struggle. And um, it's time to preach. You all can be seated. Um, but they'll beat us up when we get home if we don't let them speak. Yeah? So you want to say something to the people before mommy preaches? Okay. One at a time, okay? and I never get through being a daddy. So, my wife is so pretty, I don't know how she gonna preach like that. What you doing up here? Let me check, nobody sliding your numbers and stuff. Hiding in the Bible. Preaching like Barbie. This is how women should preach. Um, this might be nitpicking um, but then to be fair in his defence it might work out um, on the love of submission thing we talked about like how uh, in Timothy Paul mentions to Timothy that you know kind of emanates the, the lays out the, the structure of how Things should work. The thing that comes out is that, you know, I forbid a woman to, to sort of have authority over men. So he's kind of like talking about the female has to sort of thing and um, certain men looking entitled how, you know, men need to 
look at how they like to try and disciple and teach men and women should try and disciple and teach women and the submission and stuff like that. Um, again, it, it might just be more me, it's like showing me my, show me who I am and how I think and things like that. Um, to be fair, looking into it, I think this, uh, is this breaking that? Because another, um, with certain commentaries, they say that like this, this kind of thing is um, tends to be quite normal in charismatic churches. Because not that, um, so like in certainly more conservative ones or reform ones and evangelical ones and stuff like that. That um, they they hold to what hold to the authority of what Paul said. And it's not because it's a cultural thing, as we've discussed in the past. It's because like God has a framework for how these things operate. I don't know whether this is a direct negating of that scripture here. Um, I guess if we let it play on, we'll we'll see whether it's because to be fair, they've they've shown some panning shots um, of those who are in the audience, and um, they are predominantly female. In all, in all fairness. Uh, there are guys there, but nowhere near in the same number as the women who are here. So um, we'll see how we get on. We'll see how we get on. Um, but yeah, I feel like this is already going to be a <laughs> a challenging one as we go through. So she has a word of the Lord. Are you ready to receive? Yeah. Well, receive my wife, Prophetess Amanda Ferguson. Lift up your hands, close your eyes. Let's just just a few more seconds. I know we've worshiped for a long time, we praise. But could we give God just 20 more seconds? Because one thing about worship, the more we worship, the more new facets of Jesus is revealed. The more we worship, the more we discover his majesty and his splendor and his holiness and his righteousness. If you're looking at me, something must be wrong. I said, let's worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the Holy One and the Mighty One and the one that is faithful, the one that is true. Come on. I don't know about you, but I can worship him all day and all night and never get tired. Because right the reason why I stopped it there is because as you said that worship allows you to discover more of who God is. Um, I believe it, um, is it John MacArthur? We might be Steve Lawson, I can't remember. Um, it's as you get deeper into his word, which is giving you that, gives you all the possible things that he wants to reveal to us about his character, about his nature, about his wisdom, about his will, um, what his plan is, how he sees us, what um, the state that we're in and all those sorts of things. All these sorts of things are encapsulated in his word. And the deeper you go into his word that and how that transforms you, it then re is reflected in your worship. It's 
not a case of you discover this in worship. You should be carrying what you know and what you're increasing in knowledge with regards to who God is through his word into worship is that to change it out in the quote is a dox uh, a deeper doxology uh, no, a deeper theology um, makes higher doxology and i can certainly say that that's true for myself um the the songs you sing and the things you do and all sorts of things you do in worship carry weight when you understand these things of god um to think that these things come from worship i think is a bit of a stretch um because as far as I am aware, and again, I'm not really like a, uh, not a theologian or anything like that. I, I, I don't see how worship can enhance your knowledge of God without first knowing who he is from his word. Um, I thought I'd just drop that in there finish thinking about one thing I start thinking about another thing and, and something in me just begins to break and something in me just begins to bend and something in me just begins to reach because there's a scripture that says draw near to God and he will draw near to you does anyone have a reach in your belly okay so she just used the scripture there so what I'll do is um she has, I think she's still in the start of her um in the start of her sermon, as it were, but um, I'll use this as a as a uh, as a means to, be able to exercise how we might be able to go through this. So, if I find out which scripture she's referencing with regards to draw, yeah, so she's referencing uh, James four verse eight. So, draw nine to God, and He will draw nine to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners; purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Um, I'm just going to, to be fair, it's not a very long book. Because what she's saying is not wrong, but it's always good when somebody um, mentions a scripture that we look at the context of what was um, of what it was written in. You don't want to be just like proof texting or um, ICGting where you are topically grabbing onto scriptures to validate a point. Um, so if you were to have started a seminar and said this is going to be the thing, you would try and walk through um, the entirety of the scripture. So um, like the fact that the title starts off with Boston Tomorrow, so it reads what wisdom on that one or what quarrels what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have. You murder, you covet and cannot obtain. You soul, you fight and quarrel and do not have. Because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive. Because you ask wrongly to spend, on, uh, spend it on your passions. You adulterous people, do you not know that Friendship with the world is enmity with God. Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes themselves enemies of God. Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the scriptures say he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us? But he gives 
More grace, therefore, it says, God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves to God. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Do not speak evil against your brother, as we speak evil against one another, brothers. For the one who speaks against his brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and the, and the judges of the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is only one lawgiver and one judge who is able to save and destroy. But the one, but who are you to judge your neighbor? Sounds interesting. <laughs> Come now. Who say, you who say, today or tomorrow will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little time and it vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. It is as it is. You boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one because I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, because I've given another one before. It's like talking about how, um, again, going back, not many of you um, shouldn't become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged by greater strictness. Um, for we all struggle, uh, stumble in many ways, but if and if anyone does not stumble in his ways, he is a perfect man, able to bridle his old body. We put bits in our mouths so that, um, uh, yeah, we'll be going to So essentially with the, uh, the chapter before, he's talking about um, the brothers being teachers. Um, again, this has kind of gone back to the fact that there does seem to be this continuity with the offices that you see in church are usually in men's roles. So it's like, oh, if you are a deacon, you have to be the husband of one wife rather than, you know, wife of one husband and X, Y, Z and going on and so forth and so on and so forth. And it's um, not a, a authority, authority upon ourselves. It's a derived one from God because it's essentially like it's showing how his framework works best for us all based on the one that he made. In Genesis, um, yeah, and the one before, it's like it's talking about the how we can't control the tongue. We know we do know that we have life and death in the power of the tongue, and out of the abundance of heart of the heart, the mouth speaks. Um, because of the fact that we can't control the tongue, we have to be very, very careful, knowing that as teachers, we're held to a very high standard. Um, I say we like, you know, I'm up there with everybody. I'm just saying like anybody who decides they want to try and teach from the word of God, that there is a high level of scrutiny 
when we open up God's word, it is God's word. God's word. So we'll be, will we, we will be held accountable for how we use or misuse His word. Um, so like when He's talking about like judging and judging, like it sounds as if like, oh, maybe I'm judging Amanda for for doing these things, or or, um, or am I trying to guard from error? In that, you know, the word of God says this. So would it be better that we be obedient to the word of God and we follow the, the framework that he's got? She might take that the wrong way. I think, to be fair, I think Amanda is a, or she, or she might have some leaning towards feminism. So, or like I said, like empowering women and things like, which isn't necessarily wrong, but um, if it's to the vein of, of usurping the authority that God has given, then it throws a whole lot of weird things into the mix. Um, but I'll stop talking now. I think we should continue on. <laughs> belly, a reach in your belly, a reach in your worship, a reach in your worship, a reach. Come on, we're we're building something. I said a reach in your belly. There should be a hand in your belly that's reaching for the presence of God. There should be something in you that's like God. I have seen something, but I want something greater. From glory to glory, from strength. To strength, God, I know I've seen you, but I want to experience another side of you that I haven't quite seen before. Does anyone experience another side of the Lord? Spirit of the living God, fall fresh in this place. We yield to you. Whatever you want to do in this place tonight, however you want to move us and stretch us and break us, we yield our bodies to you. We yield our minds to you. We ask you to overtake us and overwhelm us with your presence. Nothing else matters in this moment but you. The problems at home don't matter. The problems in the world does not matter in this moment. Nothing else matters but you. And God, we believe that if we focus on you tonight, there's no limit to what you would do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Take your seats. I'm gonna dive in really quickly. God promised me that tonight we will experience His glory. I want you to do me a favor. In times like this, it's easy to be distracted. I want you to just put your phone to the side and I want you to listen to this word because I don't want anything to impede the glory that will fall in this place tonight. It's already here, but it's going to increase. I said it's going to increase. I had an encounter earlier today. I was praying for several hours. I had an encounter today, and I'll tell you a little bit more about it later, but I'm just gonna give you a piece of it. 
and the kabod glory. What is that? That is the weighty glory entered the room. And I almost toppled everywhere. I could not stand up. So as I teach, I want you to be open to that kabod coming in and settling in this room. Are you ready for this? How many of you have enjoyed yourself so far? Tonight I want to teach on returning to his presence. Now I want you to take notes. I have several scriptures. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll do whatever God wants us to do. If you use your phone to take notes, you can take notes. But don't be texting, ordering chicken, all that good stuff. You know y'all get a little hungry when it's time to... For the word, your stomach starts grumbling and going on. Returning to his presence. So a couple of weeks ago, I began to feel, I want you to listen. A couple of weeks ago, I began to feel very, very tired. Unusually tired and overwhelmed. And I started telling my husband, I said, babe, I feel so tired. And it was unusual because I'm a very energetic person. And I started thinking, you know, I'm taking my vitamins, I'm, I'm eating healthy, drinking my green smoothies. Why am I so tired? For about two weeks, I would lay in the bed and sometimes it just seemed like just to even get out of the bed, it just seemed to take so much strength away. For two weeks. And I just kept praying and asking God, like, what, why am I so tired? About four days, I went in, four days ago, I went into prayer about it. And this is what God spoke to me. I said, God, I'm so tired. I, I haven't been in any warfare. I haven't been. Why am I so tired? And he said, daughter, I've been allowing you to feel what the church and the world is feeling right now. Okay, I'm just going to stop it there because... Um this kind of ties on to the last off comment I made last week in regards to God told me um, because it's problematic for two reasons. Um, first of all, like when people talk of these experiences, do they actually line up to scripture? Like, is it, is it consistent with what God has already laid in his word? He doesn't lie. Um, he remains consistent. Does does that experience line up to scripture? Um, if it does, and that experience, it, or like the words that you're given and things like that are already in the Bible, then what you've been told isn't needed because we have the word of God already. But if it's contrary to it, then we have a problem because God is not the author of confusion. So it might need a case of um, exiting a bit of discernment and testing this, testing the spirit as to what is um, what is the engine behind um, the thing that's engineering this. And the second point. Um, is that when it comes to this God told me thing, it 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 brings on this this notion that oh, my words are 
infallible. So they have no error. And if you were to question me on those things, you're not questioning me, you're questioning God. That in itself is a problem. Like we are all believers. None of us are higher than each other. Um, God has no favorites. So, and especially understanding the, the context of how a church works, we are there to edify each other and to admonish each other, to rebuke each other. But the basis is on God's word, not on the impressions that we have or the words that come up in our minds or the ones that we feel, um, because those sorts of things are very subjective, very, very subjective. Um, because um, I feel like as we go into this, there might be some things that happen that enforce or at least subliminally enforce that subjective feeling in the sense where if the, um, and please musicians don't kill me over this, if the musicians start playing behind what this preacher is doing or they, they use while they're using very centralized language and things like that, that is going to make you feel different. It's just that we know we worked in films. Like if you're watching a very sad film, they will orchestrate the music behind that to invoke an emotion. So you sympathize and you feel immersed in what's going on. I'm hoping that's not the same thing that they, they do here. Um, but if it does, then we obviously know that there is. Again, it's going to the methodology of the church, which I guess is, is hard to speak. I can definitely tell that um, from this that they are almost like leaning on a very charismatic sort of um, spectrum from the um, from the offices that they hold and the sort of things that they seem to be doing. Um, I would say that that is probably a red flag for me in the sense that um, using that card gets them a, um, get a jail-free pass but then also um, can be very detrimental. As I said, like teachers are held to a higher standard than everybody else. You should have the fear of God where you, you want to confirm whether this thing has come from God or not. If you are a continuationist or a cessationist sort of thing, um, you, if you are on the, on the former, you definitely want to check to see whether this is from God. If you're from the latter, then obviously you know that the word of God is the, um, the word of God is sufficient and it's the sole authority as to what we're basing our stuff on. Cause God has gone to a great work to make sure that his word is preserved over the course of human history. Um, because it is quite literally black and white. We can go to it, understand the context and all sorts of things. And we can work on the basis of that. Is what his truth and his word is objective. This seems to be very subjective, so I would certainly take a pinch of salt when approaching, um, or um, you know, when approaching um, things like this in in sermons and stuff, because um, we want to make sure that what we're carrying away is true, um, and subject subjectivity. I don't think can give us that in any way, shape or form. But we'll continue on from here as best we can. He said, I'm allowing you to feel how tired people have been. Even the words, I uttered these words to my husband. Now, I, I never, the 12 years I've known him, I don't think I've ever said these words. I said, babe, I just feel 
weary. And he said, daughter, what's happening right now is people are so weary. There's some of you tonight that are sitting here and you pressed your best and you prayed your hardest. But the last few months for you, you have been weary and you have been tired and you have been overwhelmed and you've been saying, God, I'm pressing and I'm praying. And... But God is saying, in my presence, there is rest. We know how to war. We know how to fight. But when his glory comes in, it is not in your works. It is not in how much you can do. It is in how much you rest. Someone say surrender. Surrender. About a week ago, I had a, some of you know this, but I had a double root canal. Uh, and some people asked me, well, how was it? I don't know, because I was knocked out. I was asleep. I can't tell you. I woke up, I asked my husband five million questions. How did I get in the car? Who put me in the car? And I got back because after I had anesthesia, I was really tired. And I asked my husband, I said, babe, you know, I can't shake out of this anesthesia. I said, I, I, I want to get up. He said, you're doing what you're supposed to do. And that's rest. I got a good husband, y'all. But he reminded me that it's okay to rest. What's coming in here tonight is going to be a refreshing of his presence. A refreshing that you don't have to work for. A refreshing that you didn't have to pray for. When his glory comes in, it refreshes you. It overwhelms you. It empowers you. Does anybody want the refreshing of God? Exodus 33, 14. Write this down. So she's starting a sermon now. Um... Actually, jumping into Exodus 33. Let's double check what she said. So I'm just trying to scroll back and find out where this is. This will go with you, and I will give you rest. See, in the church, all we know is how to fight. Okay. Um, so all she's done is um, she's not giving any context of what's actually going on. In the scripture, whatsoever. Um, so I have a funny feeling she's going to off the back of this, because um, as we know, like Exodus is to do with Moses and God appointing him to be the one who draws um, Israelites out of Egypt, but then how God has allowed that to not just be straightforward he's hardened the heart of pharaoh and he's allowing plagues to come through um to really disrupt the the economy and the lifestyle of the egyptians right up to the point of uh, taking the uh, the lives of the firstborn but then um god allowing this man who who stutters and you know, fumbles over his words to go in with his brother to also have signs and wonders to prove that God is sending him um, as the, the one to liberate the Israelites um, is also pointing to Jesus in the sense that God 
sends his son to liberate us as humans who are um who are slaves also but slaves to sin and he comes to to write that bond not through um not of our oppressors um but to lay his own life down so that we may be free also um and he does this not because we've done anything to deserve it or um for it to be like something that we've earned but it's purely out of his love and grace that he may obtain the glory um the same way that he would a had obtained the glory for everything that had happened with moses um i think if you were to just look through the through the passage of um exodus 33 that you'll notice that there is a bit of a narrative going on here with regards to Moses and where he is situationally and things like that, but she, um, at least this early on, I'm going to continue on just to check, but she hasn't touched on that. She's gone back to using um, a story that's relevant to them, but we'll continue just to see if she does actually go back to this point. All we know is how to war, but we don't know when it's time. To, and sometimes you do have to do that. There are times that we, we do enter into warfare, but I don't think we're taught enough how to enter into God's rest. So how do we do that? How do we begin to rest in his presence? And some of you right now, as you sit right there, you are already being deposited with the rest. You are already being deposited with an overflow of God's presence. And so as I felt like that for the past couple of weeks, God began to speak to me and say, you know, daughter, there's so many people that don't know how to rest because their entire life, not even just in the pandemic, but their entire life has been a fight. Abused as a child, divorced and left, rejected and neglected. God said, I came to restore you tonight. And even right now in this rest, there are some people who I can see you and tears are starting to come down, but you don't want to let it out because we've been taught to be so strong and never ever to cry. But there's something about God's glory that will break us if we allow him to break us. There's something about his presence that even when we don't want to cry, if we yield and surrender to that brokenness and those tears, something will come out of us like a whale bursting forth that's been inside of us for years and decades. God is saying, in my presence, in one moment, I can restore 20 years of hurt and rejection. I heard someone beginning to cry out but you know when the room gets quiet nobody wants to be the one but I remember there was a Bible story it's always about the one who wasn't ashamed to press and the one who wasn't afraid to look a fool and the one who wasn't afraid to scream and the one who wasn't afraid to be ashamed and the one who wasn't afraid 
it's going to increase. It's going to keep increasing. She didn't make reference to the story that she was alluding to, and I think that's because stories might not be in there. I mean, and if there are, they are most definitely, but she's certainly not backing up with scripture. Um, this keeps going back to his glory thing, and like if I'm looking through Exodus 33, it's like you know, even Moses asks um, in verse 18 that you know, please show me your glory, and he said, I will make um, all my goodness pass before you and before you and pro will proclaim before you my name the Lord and I will show you and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will show mercy to whom I will show mercy but he said you cannot see my face um, for a man shall not see me and live and the Lord said, Behold, there is a place where you shall stand in the rock. While my glory passes, I will put you in the cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by, and then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. Um, there seems to be this quote that I see quite a lot, um, where it's a case of like, the closer you get to God, the more um, the more sinful you feel. Um, we know that in our in our sinful state, if we were to step into God's glory, we we would die. We would completely atomize because um, it's like oil and water. The the two don't mix. Um, holy and un unholy don't blend well together in any way, shape, or form. And that's a state we can't get out of again. But that is all changed through Jesus. Like it's His righteousness righteousness that we stand in and it's because of his righteousness that we can have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us and it's all a part of the salvation that God has orchestrated and given to us um, we shouldn't necessarily be chasing for glory but we should be trying to exhibit God's glory to others so they may come and see um, through the gospel what ultimately what God is doing like um, there was a summons in Jibba Machanda um, where it's just, you know God is concerned about himself he's concerned about how you know how his name is handled and how it's proclaimed and all the glory belongs to him him and him alone you know it's not there to be we are there to enjoy him but we're not there to be co um, co-partakers of that glory in a sense because we are not the author of that, you know, it's solely his, he's a jealous God. So to, yeah, I think that she, it's getting a bit weird. If I can say this, like it's, it's a bit of a struggle. And I guess it's, this is normal. I mean, um, I'm seeing like one or two people who are on their phones, but whether they are looking in the Bible to see what's been said, I don't know. But again, it's going back to the fact that she is calling herself a prophetess. So it's almost as if I'll, I can fully rely on what this lady is saying and everything she's saying is true. I don't need to check it whatsoever. So whether they know the scriptures or not, I don't know. Or um, whether there's any scholars or anybody in the building, that's again, I don't know. Um, but if this were to happen in the vicinity, I would probably be asking questions or at least making notes so I can refer to these things afterwards. Point number one, write this down.
Who is that crying right there? Come. Come here. Come. Somebody tell her to come up here. Come. 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 Because God told me to look for the one. Come up here. So when I hug you, that shame, the residue of the abuse, that failed relationship. See, I'm not even hugging her. This is God's love. When God's glory comes in, his love, his personhood comes in and right now, the thing that she came in, some of y'all don't even know this, and I only know this by the spirit, but just a few days ago, she was in her bed crying, and she was telling God, God, I don't want to do this anymore. God, I don't want to live anymore. God, why, what's the purpose of my life? But God said, daughter, I came for the one, and because you were willing to pour out your tears, God said, I have so much purpose for you, and the enemy, and even those childhood wounds, and those parental wounds that told you that you weren't good enough, and told you that you had even educational problems learning disabilities God says I put in you a gifting that is so strong that people don't even understand you so they mislabeled you and they said that you had this and God it says and you do not have anxiety you do not have anxiety you do not have anxiety it's broken in his presence the one hour 36 minutes and one second mark and uh, if you're listening to this you probably wouldn't have not just what's gone on but you would have heard the blowing um, this lady had come up onto the stage she was visibly upset um, Amanda had hugged her she said all these things said the spirits revealed all of these things to her um, all reveal things to her so to tell everybody um then she let's just step back um and then i find it interesting how the camera timed it but she looks into a corner of her eye once or twice and then she blows and then the lady falls on the floor this i struggle with um the thing is it's got nothing to do with the sermon um, uh, I should go with this because um, we've seen this before really um, growing up so like with um, the saga with Benny Hinn and all these other faith healers and stuff like that it's like Again, it goes back to, do you see this sort of thing in scripture? Like there would, some would say that this is like being slain in the spirit. But um, again, I'm not quite sure if there's anywhere in scripture that supports that um, the idea that things like that work. 
So it's yeah, it's it's, it's definitely that's kind of like another red flag for me. It's it's if this is genuine, I feel sorry for the lady because um, I don't see how this experience is beneficial for her. I don't see how this is beneficial to her at all. Like it's it's not edifying. Like you've not gone to her with the word of God and said, you know, this is what God has said for this situation. And we have a body of believers who are here to help you through these struggles, but we're going to use the word of God to help work you through it. We're all going to pray and hope that um, these things won't be for your detriment, but we know that his grace is sufficient enough to, and he's sovereign enough to allow you to go through it so that he can make you more into the image of Christ so we can use the situations to find out what God is doing here. I don't see how this is edifying to her having this experience because she's probably just going to end up going back to the same problems with no answers. And if this is a theatrical thing, it just throw that sort of, you know, is this suspect, especially the way that she's looked at her, um, she's found this lady in the in the audience. It just yeah, it just feels that yeah, it, it's where does that make goes into overdrive? It really does. Um and it looks like we might even have to make a part two for this, because I don't think I'll be able to get through all of this in one sitting. Um but we'll we'll go on for a little bit longer and we'll Yeah, <laughs> I'm really torturing myself. And the judges are these people out there who think that this is totally fine. Um, I would disagree with you, but I'm not going to make a mountain of a molehill. Like I guess I've kind of grown up in this environment and I've had questions about it, but never really asked the questions. And um, now that I'm, you know, encouraging myself and learning how to um seek for truth and to, to tirelessly tirelessly try and work out you know what is god trying to say through his word like i don't see how things like this marriage scripture i am just as confused now as i was growing up with seeing things like this it's like yeah i don't see how this is beneficial to what she's saying on the scripture uh, in during the sermon. Um, but also don't see how it's beneficial to the lady this has happened to. This is, I would have thought that the right thing to do would be to, to, to minister her and to walk with her through her journey so that the, you get a better understanding of things she's struggling with and seeing what God says for it through his word and obviously if you've had similar experiences those things are helpful as i've said in the past um, our testimonies are very helpful but they're not divinely inspired but again they are helpful so i would hope that that interpersonal relationship would help um help this lady through but i don't i, I again I, I don't see i don't want to keep laboring the point i don't see how this is helpful 
for those two reasons. I, I, can't, I can't see how it works, but we'll continue on for a little bit more. Oh, now there's hunger. But when it's hunger, it's dangerous. That's when heaven decides to come in. Just one sec. She was just got, she's got something in her hand. I'm not quite sure what it is. Uh, they just had a clip of it. When it gets hunger, that's when it gets dangerous. Angels turn something. Is this a name? It might be a name, but it says Angel something. Oh, I just saw a cloud forming in this room. My God, the glory cloud is forming. I said the glory cloud is forming. There's an angel that's down there ministering to her. I said, there's an angel that's ministering her. Sit down. How do you know that? How do you know that? How do you know that? I'm not going to say anymore. We'll just continue. I'm just going to let her lay in there. Because you don't know how long she's been dealing with that. I feel like we, Jesus was moved with compassion. It's something about the church. We've gotten so, so lost from being compassionate. And when I felt that way for the past two weeks, God was showing me so many people right now are hurting. And we're fighting all types of of senseless things who's taking the vaccine who's not who's racist and who's not and who's got and god is saying people are hurting smoking mirrors there are people that are fighting mental issues there are people right now that are watching me on television, on YouTube, who are just cutting your wrists right now in the glory that's in this place. See, that's what we're after. We're after the people that right now, that say, I don't know how I even stumbled on this broadcast and I wanted to cut my wrists and I saw a rope and I was gonna hang myself, but something hit me watching this. This is the type of glory that's leaving out of this room and expanding down this street and going over this city and over this state when the enemy and the CDC and the government is saying mental problems are increasing. I heard the Spirit of God said, and my glory is increasing because anytime darkness increases, glory increases. And anytime glory increases, miracles increases. And anytime miracles increase, oh my God. Sit down. Returning to his presence. How do you return? We've gotten so, we've gotten so far away from his presence. We've gotten so far away from love. Write this down. Number one, stay broken before the Lord and surrender. Stay broken before the Lord and surrender. I had an encounter several years ago and God spoke to me and he said, daughter, brokenness is what I love. You remember the story about Hannah? Yeah. He said it was Hannah's brokenness that caused me to move for her. Yeah. I said it was Hannah's brokenness that caused God to move for her. Yeah. 
see what might be good is if we leave it at the 139.26 mark now um, if we leave it there I'm not quite sure how much further because if we will highlight it all it looks like the seven goes off for a fair bit longer um, so we won't be able to cover much more at the moment um, so I think what I'll do is I'll leave it there for now um, to be fair, scrubbing through looks like we've got a lot to look forward to. Um, yeah, this is actually very challenging. Um, very, very challenging. And um, I feel a little torn. A little out of my depth. Because I don't know how you handle, handle these kinds of things when there just seems to be like it's almost like a free-for-all. Um, and again, it's like you would think that I'm, you know, saying this from a very different distance sort of thing. It's like, like this environment is not alien to me, but it also doesn't sit right with me. So it's um, it's hard to sit through. Um, well, you know, we're here to learn from the Word of God, and it, it, it just seems to be the case of, well, she used one portion of scripture, and then she's given us several stories. Um, we use very centralized language, um, highlighting all these things that we're struggling with, which aren't, you know, um, things we should ignore, most certainly. But I think she's highly relying, uh, very much relying on how, on her, relying on her own authority. So. You know, she'll go to the Bible to reinforce her point, but it's what she says that carries more weight than what Scripture saying. So, um, yeah, I think I've <laughs> um, gone through a lot more than what I anticipated with this one. Again, the the video or the full video, if you want to. It's like two hours and 55 minutes long. Um, if you want to sit through it, so you can um, get a better understanding of the contest, by all means, go ahead. Um, I'll also leave the, uh, the comments form in the description as well, so you can send your, your thoughts and stuff through and whether this is actually a good idea or not. But I feel like this is hard. Um, this is hard, and it, I, I I do agree with the fact that you know he thinks that this sort of thing is like the, the fringes, the fringes of what's going on, but this this might just like be the epicenter. It's just like the charismatic movement does seem to lean more on spiritual experience than it does scriptural authority. So things like this are totally fine, but it can um, it can invalidate the word of God if we're not careful can very much invalidate the word of God like we need to have a reference a reverence for God and what he says in his word we need to be obedient to that as well and subject subjective feelings do not hold any water against objective truth so yeah I think we'll leave this one here um, at this timestamp and we'll join you on the offshoot there's a few more um, other ones we got in the pipeline uh, hopefully they're a lot easier to deal with than this one, but um, 
yeah it's been an interesting experience um yeah if you guys want to let us know what you um, thought about this then by means let me know in the comment section um but until next one take care and god bless